Welcome to the No Meh Movies Podcast. How many times have you heard a movie is alright? It's average. It's just okay. You ask your friends if you should see it and they say, meh. I'm Davey Barris and he's Darren Cross. And on this show, we'll break down and review these movies and decide once and for all if these meh movies are good or bad. And whether or not you should watch them. Because on this show, there are no meh movies. Now, for a movie to qualify as meh, it must be between 40 and 60 on the tomato meter or 4 and 6 on IMDb. And the movie we are doing this week hits in both categories. On both scales, it qualifies as a meh movie. That's right, coming out on HBO, coming out in theaters if you can. It is a new Mortal Kombat movie. They have rebooted the franchise, new actors, uh, new characters even. So we decided it would be perfect, perfect to go back and do the original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie, which scores a 5.8 on IMDb and a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, putting it perfectly in that no meh movie category. Now, spoiler warning, of course, spoiler warning for the movie Mortal Kombat, and hey, for the video game Mortal Kombat 2. Darren, in case it's been a while since they've seen it or they've never seen it before, I can't imagine no one's ever seen this movie. Come on. What is Mortal Kombat all about? Mortal Kombat follows, uh, it's, I guess you could say there's almost like three main characters, sort of, but it follows Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade, who kind of all come from different worlds, but are all skilled in martial arts. And they find themselves um, on this mysterious boat that they've been invited to go to this uh, tournament, uh, and they find out it's actually to save Earth uh, because the powers that the evil powers that be have won the tournament nine times in a row. And if they win it a tenth time, then it's going to they're going to take over Earth and turn it into a desolate place. And so, not only are they fighting to win the tournament, they're fighting to save Earth. That's right, Darren. Yeah, what happened in those first nine? Huh? Anybody know? Is it ever talked about in Mortal Kombat lore? I don't know. Those are that's my prequels. I got nine prequels. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I can't remember a video game or a movie or something that actually goes back and talks about all those previous Mortal Kombat tournaments. But anyways, Darren's right. We're in the tenth tournament. And Darren, the question we ask of all our meh movies is, did the movie do what it was supposed to do? So this 1995 American fantasy martial arts action film, written by Kevin Droney and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Why don't we add that in? We should add that in. Did this movie do what it was supposed to do? Uh, I said yes, that this movie did do what it was supposed to do. Um... There was a ton of fight choreography, as expected. Uh, you know the the fantasy part of it. I mean, it's all it's it's quite fantastical, but uh, you know the the graphics back in nineteen ninety six were just or ninety five whatever it was were uh, you know rough, not that great. So when you're when you're watching it today, you're kind of like oh, but um. But yeah, I would say that that overall, it, it 
it delivered on what it was supposed to be from the standpoint of, of did it make me feel like I was in a fantasy world where ma magic and sorcery is real and people are fighting in this fantastic tournament uh, to save Earth. Yeah, when you throw the, the fantasy at the beginning of the movie, you really get away. You can really get away with a lot, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could take part of a dragon's heart and put it in a young dying boy, or you could, you know, fight outworld creatures for the fate of humanity in the world. Like, when you put yeah. fantasy in the beginning, you really can stretch that pretty far. And yeah, this movie definitely did what it was supposed to do, right? Yeah, you got the martial, you got really good martial arts fighting in here. Some of it gets a little silly, but there's surprisingly a lot of realistic fighting that happens in this in this movie. And I mean, all right, so spoiler warning: I went and played the game. I found an emula Sega emulator, and I went <laughs> and played the game for a little bit yesterday after watching the movie, and. Uh, even in the original game, like each character had one, maybe two fantastical uh, moves and, of course, the fatalities. But in the game, you're, you're mostly doing actual combat moves, actual martial arts moves. The high kicks, the low kicks. I mean, the jump kicks, yes. Sonya blades, head scissors, flip, maybe. A little pushing the boundaries of what humans could do. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part... Uh, there were some pretty good martial arts in this movie. And uh, so, yeah. And there was enough action, too. They really did a good job of pacing the action. I Just when you're starting to get bored of them talking, you, they get into another fight scene. Uh, so, And we'll go through these fight scenes because some of them are successes, some of them are fails. But the movie definitely did what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. All right, Darren. Time to talk about this cast. Time to talk about these actors and see who brought it. And it's a pretty big cast here because we got a lot of fighters, a lot of characters. So here we go. Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden. Robin Shu, a show, as Liu Kang. Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. Carrie Hiroyoku Tagawa. Hiroyoki. I believe Hiroyuki. it's. I believe Carrie Hiroyoki Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. Bridget Wilson is now Bridget Wilson Sampras. She's married to Pete Sampras. Mm. Yeah, early trivia. Talisa Soto as Katana. Uh, Trevor Goddard as Kano. Not Australian, by the way. Not Australian. <laughs> Chris Cas Casamasa as Scorpion. Francoise Petit as Sub-Zero. And uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Keith Cook as Reptile. Tom Woodruff Jr. as Goro. Uh, and Kevin Michael Richardson as the voice of Goro. All mm -hmm. right, there you go. There's a few other names in there, a few other people. I don't think Darren's going to pick any of them as his top performer. So, Darren, with that entire cast, who brought it? Who was your top performer? I was uh, debating between two, two actors, but I decided to go with Lyndon Ashby. Interesting. Who played, who played Johnny Cage. Uh, I, I just thought... His, of all the characters, his acting felt the most believable and genuine. I, I will say that I, I was not a fan of like his like little like jokes here and there. I thought they were pretty dumb, but that's not, it's not necessarily his fault. It's more the writing's fault, right? Yeah. Um, but 
but yeah, he he of all the characters, like it's it it felt like he belonged where he was when he was in a scene. That like the things he said and the way he acted and movements and reactions and stuff, it felt fairly, I mean, as natural as it can feel being in some kind of like, you know, mythical island world or wherever the hell they were. Um so yeah, so that that's that's what stuck out to me is that like every time he was on the screen for the most part, it was uh enjoyable believable acting that i that i was like yeah this 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 makes sense this fits all right there you go darren's top performer performer lyndon ashby johnny cage for me i'm actually gonna go with carrie hiroyoki tagawa shang sung i actually thought the human characters were too in the middle for me like it if you're in this situation, you're either going to be A, completely freaked out by it, or B, completely committed to it because you're a badass fighter and someone's like, oh, fighting competition? Let's do it. And they seem to like in the middle, like, oh, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, I can fight. Oh, what is this? What's happening? And I just, I don't know. I, I The performances didn't sell me. Shang Tsung... Kerry Tagawa, he knew what movie he was in. He <laughs> knew, like, he was fully committed to this villainous character. He was, he knew he was in a fantasy movie, right? So he knew he could get away with playing it pretty big, pretty broad. And he does. He he really brings a villain that is pretty intimidating. I mean, I mean, it helps that Raiden tells you over and over again that he's like, Goro's nothing. Wait till you face Shang Tsung. Like <laughs> he's gonna mess you up. Uh, but yeah, all the he gets all the cool lines right. Flawless victory. Your soul is mine. <laughs> he delivers them with such passion that you're like, yeah, that guy means business. That guy. Uh, I'm not messing I with him. I had a feeling. I had a feeling you were gonna pick him, and I I do <laughs> agree that he. Uh, he certainly knew how to to really put a charge into everything that he said. Like not everything he said was very intentional. Yes. And there was so yeah. I could I could, I could see why you chose him. I think this season I've leaned towards the people that are giving like a hundred and ten percent in the movie, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of been a running theme. It's for okay. Me. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the rest of the cast is 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 pretty good. Um, Christopher Lambert is a weird one for me as Raiden. You may remember him as Highlander. Mm-hmm. I don't like him as an actor at all, but I like him as a as an actor. Look, is that, that was... <laughs> does that make sense? Like, I like seeing him in things. There's like there's a fun to it. There's a nostalgia to it, but I can't call his performance. I don't know if it's the accent yeah. or what, but that was one of my early failures. Was him as Raiden? <laughs> that's, that's an early failure. For I mean, me. he's beloved. When they, I think they recast him for the second one, and people were pissed. Did they recast him in the second one? Yeah, James Raymer plays him in the second one. Mm. I think's been in. James Raymer's been in another one of our Mac movies. Oh my god, he's been in so many movies. <laughs> the Phantom. That's right. He was Quill in The Phantom just this season. 
It all oh, comes full circle. Yeah, six totally degrees was. of Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I think people were upset when he wasn't cast as Raiden again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Darren, it is time for us to talk successes and failures. Speaking of things we like and don't like. And the way we get into this now is we talk about themes. And I think compared to some of our our last few movies have been a little light on themes. They've been a little heavy (laughs) on action or what's, you know, the actual plot and a little light on themes. I feel like in this, I was able to pull a little more on that thread of theme and find some things. What do you got for me for themes, and was it a success or fail? Um, the the one I'm going to use is kind of focused around Liu Kang's story, and so what early I, the very first scene of the movie actually Shang Song kills Liu Kang's brother, his younger brother. Um, Liu Kang, as we come to find out, wasn't there at the time, so he couldn't protect him and whatever. Um, and so the theme that, that rolls out with him and all that is, is a combination of um, sort of letting go and not taking responsibility for things you can't control. And uh, so I thought that, and I gave that a success. Like, I think, uh, you know, he, they, they, they run the idea that he's blaming himself throughout the movie that his brother was killed and he wasn't there to protect him, but then he learns at the end or, he actually, I think he states it in some capacity that, you know, like he, his brother made his own decisions and that led him to wherever he was. And he could, even if he was maybe there, there, like physically there, he can't necessarily control the fate of his brother. And so things happen the way they do. Um, so yeah, I gave that a success. Uh, I thought, I thought it was explained pretty well. Uh, yeah. So that's the one I went with. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you found the theme through Liu Kang's story because I think we can agree he's sort of the main, he's the main character, right? Yeah. Of the movie. Yeah. yeah, they all have their arcs, but it's really focused on him when it comes down to it. And yeah, my theme probably comes from him too. I, I went with your own fears are stronger than any enemy. Mm. There was a lot of like Liu That's Kang deep. overcoming himself. Thank you. Overcoming himself, his fears of, you know, Obviously, he was running away from this being the chosen one or whatever. And uh, yeah, so if if avenging his brother was more about him overcoming his own fears, I think that was a success. I think, you know, you could see from this first fight that he's a great fighter, but you knew he needed something else to get to the next level. If he was going to win the tournament, he was going to have to find something deeper in himself. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I went with. My other one was possibly that techno music makes any fight better. Could that have been the theme of the movie? Yes. Probably a little shallow for for a theme. Maybe just a fact. I don't know. I studied that in literature in high school. Did you not study that topic? Techno music. And uh, yeah, I remember there was a great sword fight in Shakespeare that had techno music set to it. This was before that kind of technology existed. So it was all, it was all acoustic techno music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what we need. We need that, like, uh, that medieval string quartet crossover with a techno song. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure somebody is making a comedy where, where somebody gets displaced in time and teaches the band how to play techno. 
quick piece of as Marty trivia. McFly would say. What does he say? <laughs> keep up with me in the key changes. <laughs> Watch uh, me for the yeah. bridge and keep up with the key changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick piece of trivia while we're on the topic. So this is clearly a thing that that this theme we're discussing is a thing that Paul W. S. Anderson is interested in because they two years later event horizon comes out which is one of my favorite like good it probably is a math movie i wouldn't be surprised actually to be honest <laughs> but like i have this this uh i just like it it's just like i i don't know it's 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 uh i i, I think it's movie in any case it's it takes place in space and this this spaceship is kind of evil in itself and it like makes people see things that happened to them in their past that are essentially like a reincarnation of their, their worst moment of their life or their greatest fear. And so uh, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, he does this in a lot of his movies, I guess. Event Horizon is a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.7 on IMDb. Oh, it's the, uh, whatchamacallit? The, the Joker the, rule, right? Didn't we? The Joker rule. <laughs> so this is a problem that me and Darren have run into. We'll let you in a little behind the scenes. This is a problem that me and Darren have run into many times in selecting a movie where it's too low on Rotten Tomatoes and too high on IMDb to qualify. <laughs> so we we were working on a rule because we we're going to do the killing joke, right? The animated movie, The Killing Joke, the Joker Batman movie. And it was like a 39% and a 6.1 or something like that. It was so close. <laughs> so we decided we needed a Joker rule that covered movies that were just slightly under and just slightly over at the same time. It, had, it has not come up yet, though. We've been able to get around it so far. And find you actual are, math movies to watch. Most of them are a little bit too far, like this. Like, yeah. What did you say? Six point seven or six point twenty-seven? Yeah, a little too far. <laughs> All right, Darren. What else you got in successes and failures? Since I called that a success, um, I'll jump back to failures. Um, I did not care for any of the humor or attempted humor in the movie. I. You know, it seemed cheap. Like it seemed like it kind of felt like I was like, "Oh, are we watching Strike Force again? Is this Jackie Chan's Strike Force? Jack- Is this Jackie Chan's Mortal Kombat?" <laughs> he would have been good um, in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have been real good. Uh, so yeah, like so much so that I was like, "Wait, let me go back." Is it called a fantasy martial arts action comedy? <laughs> nope. No, it does not. <laughs> uh was it the the 90s are the 90s at fault here for the comedy yeah they might might partially be but yeah and they're all like little like one-liners right it's not like an extended joke or like a ongoing thing that's funny it's just like a half second like comment out of the side of the mouth and then it's over and so i don't know they just i didn't find them very funny yeah, I hated the whole luggage parking the car thing with Luke Kang <laughs> and Johnny Cage before they get on the boat. Yeah, and he dumps his yeah. luggage in the and he's carrying the luggage the whole time up the stairs. Like I was like, stop. Just yeah. <laughs> just stop. So I was talking about where like the humans didn't feel like they knew what movie to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I can guarantee you that the new one. I, I, I can't guarantee. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure the new one does not have any of that comedy. Yeah, I'm guessing probably. Yeah. I mean, it, we're we're in the era of making all movies grittier, right? So, Marvel so. gets away with it. Why does it work in Marvel that they can quip? 
but it doesn't work here. It's because they have char- more charming actors in Marvel. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. It's because they have Paul Rudd and Robert Downey Jr. and it just works. <laughs> My next one, it's it was too broad for me to just call it a success or a fail. So I kind of broke it down. Uh, the character intros. So we get the three character intros for Liu Kang, for Sonya and Kano, and then we get the one for Johnny Cage. Um, I thought Liu Kang and Johnny Cage were both successes. Like, Liu Kang starts off with, like, they throw you right into it with, with Shang Tsung killing his brother and him waking mm-hmm. up in the nightmare. And uh, I was like, okay, that, that works. That makes me interested and care about the character of Liu Kang. I don't know why his bedroom is entirely bathed in green light, but um, <laughs> I'm in. Okay, I'm in on Liu Kang. And then Johnny Cage is just fun, which I think that was the balance, right? Liu Kang is so serious. Sonya Blade is so serious. So Johnny Cage gets to be fun where he's, Filming a fake action movie, and then it's actually the actor. You know, they're actually on set. It's a fun introduction right. to the Hollywood Johnny Cage. Yeah. And uh, but Sonia and Kano were a fail for me. Like she is so hard on to get him. Like she is so <laughs> determined to get him, and he is such a slimy, like stereotypical mob villain, like bad guy villain. Yeah. Just, yeah, just that whole scene, the nightclub scene where she's like pushing through the nightclub with her shotgun. And that, the whole yeah, thing and, didn't work for me. Yeah. And the like, uh, relation, I don't know if you call it a relationship, but whatever existed between her and her partner, which I don't even know if he had a name. Maybe he did. No, no, he doesn't have an, because oh, everyone knows Jax was her, and it's not till the second video game you learn about Jax. Right. So no one knew right, who Jax right, was. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like kind of back and forth is real awkward. Yeah. It, I agree. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. If, I if will you... say though, on that, on the topic of the, I did, I'll, I'll jump to a success on the topic of the nightclub slash the music in general in the movie. Now, mind you, I'm not a fan of the theme song. <laughs> it's not good (laughs) it's not good it's amazing it's i it darren it's iconic you can't argue (laughs) with the fact that it's like even if it's bad it's iconic oh yeah i mean the same way uh i don't know love shack is iconic like (laughs) you're like musically this is not a great song but god damn it if that comes on at a karaoke bar or a wedding we're all dancing If you, are, if you are bench pressing at the gym and the Mortal Kombat theme song <laughs> came on, you would pump out like an extra 20 reps. 20? Damn, okay. Uh, I, I am going to, though, however, overall, give the music for the movie a success. And partially because it reminded me of something that I experienced recently. So recently, I played the game, one of the Doom games on my computer like there's one of the ones that came out i'm like i think it came out like 2016 or 2017 okay and what they do when you know you're getting into a battle they start playing this like really heavy metal slash super like hard rock music and it just sets the tone so well it's so perfect and i like that they did that i mean i prefer that over like your more like electronic-y kind of sound that you get a lot of in in a lot of fight movies and so a lot of what they're showing 
a lot of the music they played during these these fight scenes and like leading up to the fight scenes was like this kind of like grind grindy heavy metal and i uh, i thought it worked really well yeah i'm trying to find where i read it but they offered that soundtrack to like two of the top uh music agencies basically like sony and somebody else to produce the soundtrack and they both turned it down like we're like mm. well, another another video game movie like no come on and so they went to this really small like indie record label and the thing went platinum like in in weeks like it it was off the charts how successful that was <laughs> and so it's, it's funny that these two mega companies passed and this little indie one got it then uh tvt records yeah yeah but i was like i was in the watching the credits i looked up some of the bands and some of the songs and i was like it just i don't know it just it just fits so well with like you know it's such a dark it, it, you almost feel like you're like especially when they go to that other world it sort of feels like you're like in hell kind of with some capacity right like it's yeah so i don't know yeah so i thought it worked really well I mean, I'm sure there is a, I'm sure you could put it, an analogy together of like demons and hell coming up to take on, take over earth, you know, the emperor yeah. being Satan and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, there's probably an analogy that you, you know, lines you could draw there. Um, all right. So I'm going to do the same thing with that. I did for the introductions, the character introductions with the first fights because everybody gets their own first fight. Uh, Liu Kang, I'm giving his first fight a success, although I thought it was a weak finish. In a, in a video game known for finishing moves, like, I think he, <laughs> he ends it with the, like, jump, uh, the drop kick, like the missile drop kick, where he kind of jumps up and back and lands a kick right in the guy's chest. Oh, yeah. It's the guy yeah, with yeah. dreadlocks um, and yeah. the staff yeah, yeah. fighting. It's a good fight. It's a well-choreographed fight. It's a cool introduction to show their skill of the fighters there, but it's like that hit was not hard enough to end the fight. So yeah. uh, I also, I was hoping that guy with the dreads was going to do something. Cause he, he growled like a lion or like a tiger, right? Yes. I was hoping he was going to do something lion or tiger. -y, but he never really did. <laughs> I wonder if that guy ever shows up again in any other game. I, I can't think I of him in any other games, but yeah, that would be cool. If all of a sudden he get had like, like tiger lion claws or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like clawed him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> okay, now we're just uh not fantasy booking. What are we uh fan fictioning? Now we're just fan fictioning Mortal Kombat. Yep. Um Sonya Blade, bad first fight. Bad first fight. <sighs> Against Kano. They messed yeah. up the head scissors. They messed up the scissor kick, <laughs> which is devastating in the video game. I told you I played the game. It is a devastating move. It takes away like a third of your health meter. And yeah. uh, instead she gets him in this like weird head scissors where he easily could have like thrown her off. Yeah. And then takes her down. Take, doesn't even flip him. Takes him down to the side. Ugh, terrible. How could you miss up? Probably the top in the top three most iconic moves in the original video game. Would you say would be yeah. the head scissor? Yeah. Because people could do it. I think it was just like forward back punch or something or kick or back it kick wasn't a wasn't a complicated one yeah the simpler ones were the one obviously scorpion right back back punch back back punch everybody knew that's how you threw his rope or his yeah. dagger or whatever it was yeah so and then and they, also oh go ahead, i was gonna go ahead. real fast i was just gonna say that i i thought it was weird that they made that her first fight because of like how like 
crazy she was about getting getting to him it seemed like it, they built it up so much it seemed like it should have been like her like third fighter you know like like something she had to earn more or something i don't know I wonder if they filmed. I wonder if they edited it in that way because these fight scenes you could edit. Re, you could re-edit this movie and just move those fight scenes around any yeah. way you wanted to. So I wonder yeah, if that yeah. was done in post and originally it was supposed to be later. Because yeah, you're right. That does seem like she only has one fight. She only has one fight in the movie. Yeah. Liu yeah. Kang has like th- three or four, five maybe. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Cage has at least two. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's her only fight. Um, and then Johnny Cage's uh, was awesome. Johnny Cage for Scorpion is, would you say that's the best choreographed <laughs> fight of the whole movie? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just cool. Cause they're like in the woods and like far apart from each other for the most part. And so, yeah, I thought it worked well. It was filmed well and they got the linear, the horizontal fighting style of mortal Kombat in the movie and made it yeah. sense. They were yeah. able to make it make sense because of the trees create this horizontal line that you have to fight in. And then on yeah. the planks, once that originally was not in the movie, Scorpion pulling him into the other world, into his world, was not in the movie. Mm. It is a nitpick of mine. How does he get out of there? <laughs> but, but yeah, they added that after test screenings. Originally, the fight ends in the woods. Yeah, so they added that. And that it was so awesome. So much cool stuff yeah. in there. And you get the iconic fatality, too, where he pulls his head off and shoots the fire. I was literally <laughs> yeah. playing the game for an extra, like, 15 minutes just trying to get that fatality to work. Because <laughs> it's the best. It's by far the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was... Uh, so first fights, I guess, overall success with Sonya's being a fail for me. I'll move on to... Uh, I think, yeah, I did the music last, so I'll go on to a failure. Speaking of fights, and it's not a particularly like uh, important fight because it doesn't involve one of the main characters, but the fight between Goro and Art Lean, yep. who's like Johnny, is it Johnny Cage's friend or Keith? Or he becomes friends with Johnny Cage, like they talk on the boat. Yeah, yeah. He might have been Lu, Lu Kang's friend, like originally. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there was like a, another human that sat at the table with them and was associated with them in some capacity. And the fight, the fight between him and Goro is not even a fight. And I get it that they're supposed, they're like trying to show like how powerful Goro is. And it's like, he's unstoppable and whatever, but like, you got to give us something, right? He, he has to do something. It's just, he gets a kick in, he gets a kick and a hit in. He gets a kick and a hit in. And then, both Sonia and Johnny Cage have these really lame screams. No! no! (laughs) (laughs) And they don't, and they happen like at weird times in the fight too. Like I think Sonia's is kind of early on and then Johnny Cage's comes later. And you're just like, I don't care about this person at all. You have shown me nothing about this character to care at all. (laughs) Yeah. And I literally... I wrote this down as a fail too, because he was literally put in the movie to die. They're like, well, we're not going to kill Sonya. We're not going to kill Johnny. We're not going to kill Liu Kang. We need to kill somebody. Like we need to create stakes. Who are we going to kill? I don't know. Oh, let's, let's create a, this. Let's put a black guy in the movie and kill him. Lead. <laughs> Should we spend more than two seconds thinking about his name? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Art Lee. <laughs> I 
hope someone out in the hallway named Art was leaning against the wall. And they're like, Art, lean. Write it down. <laughs> and and Shang Tsung goes, flawless victory. It was not a flawless victory. You, If you get a hit in, it's not a flawless victory. There were four flawless victories claimed in the movie, and only two of them actually were. What else you got? Successes right. and failures. Yeah, I got. I gotta go. Well, all right. So I was talking about the fights. I am giving success to. Let's just keep going on the fights. Let's get through all the fights. Johnny Cage versus Goro. I'm giving a success because, again, an iconic move from the game is the splits nut punch from Johnny Cage. <laughs> I couldn't get that to work on the keyboard because you have to do a 360 with the joystick, and I couldn't do that with the arrow keys. Um. And that is a flawless victory. It's a good plan. Like, take him out, you know, make him chase you. Like, it's a good plan by Johnny Cage. I thought that scene yeah. was a success. Yeah. I wish they would have done a little bit more com- actual hand-to-hand combat before he, he before he gets him off the cliff. But it's fine. Yeah, I remember that being longer. And then, yeah, you're right. It's like one kick and he's falling. Yeah. And then Liu Kang versus Reptile. That was a good fight. Probably the second bet. Maybe the best choreographed fight. And second best fight to Cage versus Scorpion. It was fun. It was. I was also glad that they just they brought Reptile out because, like at first, you know, he's like this. I didn't. I didn't like him as the the way they portrayed him as his like weird preached. I mean, he's I guess a reptile of some capacity, but it was. It felt like it belonged in like a Tim Burton movie. Like it was. It was a weird. Yeah, it was bad. It was, a weird it was bad. It was bad CGI. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, this is 95, and anything that comes after Jurassic Park, I'm going to compare to Jurassic Park. <laughs> and you don't have to be Jurassic Park good, but you don't have to be that bad. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was strange. But, but once he became Scorpion the fighter, it was a lot better. <laughs> yes. Or Reptile the fighter. Or, yeah, excuse me. Reptile the fighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that again, I think that was an added scene because someone there wasn't enough action in towards the end of the movie, so they added that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Oh, what about John, Luke King? We forgot about Luke King versus Sub Zero. We got to give Sub Zero some credit. What do you think of that one? Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I am a sucker for the uh, freeze someone and then shatter them into pieces into like. Meat, meat bits <laughs> you know, like, like i always i always think of demolition man when i think about it where like there's there's some definitely like cryogenic freezing and then you know i think uh sylvester stallone kicks wesley snipes head off of his body or something like that or i don't know so i'm always i'm always a fan of that um yeah it wasn't bad it was it was i don't know i felt indifferent about it i guess I liked Sub-Zero had one awesome move, which was a backflip where he kicked the chin of Liu Kang. I was like, that, that's a good move. I don't know if you would actually land the backflip, <laughs> yeah. but that hitting someone in the chin like that seemed brutal. And then, but yeah. then there's something bad. And I read in the trivia that when Sub-Zero flips down the ramp, Liu Kang was supposed to flip down the ramp as well and match him. And he mm. just could not do the, he couldn't get the choreography to work. So he kind of runs down the ramp after him, but he does a jump punch in the middle of the air to nothing, to nobody. (laughs) 
it's like one of those things where you're like you learn your character in a video game will go faster if you like just do jump kicks the whole time i feel like uh yeah. double dragons was like that like if you if you jump kicked you guy your guy went faster uh, scrolling across the screen <laughs> and that's what it looked like it reminded me of someone in a video game who just does that to go fa- or you're bored running with mario so you jump and do the tail whip like it's just a, just a jump punch to nothing just getting down that ramp making it look cool yeah oh my god there's so many, okay. there's so many fights oh all right Liu Kang versus Shang Tsung I gave a success to the final fight that was yeah. a success that I had yeah I liked it I, I thought they they I think when you get to like the big boss fight I think it's easy to like uh get away from like the basic kind of hand-to-hand stuff because I feel like you feel like it needs to be like real big and like fancy and I feel like they stuck with the hand-to-hand stuff for a good portion of it and so I was happy with that and, and then and they raised the stakes in Mortal Kombat style right so the spikes yeah. coming up from the floor uh Liu Kang delivering the fireball punch at the end yeah yeah so I yeah I gave that I gave the final fight a success I mean, they still was a sky beam, but I can't blame them in the '90s. They didn't know what what a plague the sky beam would come become on Hollywood. <laughs> it was a good sky beam, though. It was releasing souls to heaven, so it was a good sky beam. Yeah, yeah. All right, my last fail. God, yeah, it's it's hard when you start breaking down the fights. You realize there's a lot of fights in this movie. Uh, <laughs> my last fail was just the meeting of the bad guys, where they're like spying on them like wizard of oz style up in the rocks or indiana jones in the temple of doom style um in the meeting of the bad guys you got goro and kano and shang song all talking about what what they do and what they want it was all it was bad it was just bad clunky dialogue i cannot wait for that scene to be over that's fair that's fair um my last one I have is also a failure and it's just the end of the movie, like the end to end of the movie because it ended on a terrible joke from Raiden and with his like real awkward laugh. And I'm just like, <sighs> it does God. leave a, yeah, it leaves a weird taste in your mouth. It's just, I was just like, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. So the way that they closed out the movie, I was not, not impressed with. All right, that's what we got in successes and failures. And man, that was a there's a lot to this movie. That was a, that was a long conversation. Uh, let's take a look at Rotten Tomatoes and see what those critics thought. You feeling fresh or you feeling rotten this week? Rotten. All right, we're starting rotten. I like this one from Lisa Schwarzbaum from Entertainment Weekly. It's a, I can't even say it's a critique, but it's just fun. Her rotten review. The guys in the recording studio who made the oof og sounds are the ones who really had all the fun. <laughs> uh, you just find interesting things on here sometimes. That would be fun. <laughs> Richard Harrington from the Washington Post, his rotten review, likely to satisfy only the core audience already hooked on video and arcade games, and even that's not a sure thing. Do you think if you never played video games, you could have enjoyed this movie? I think it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot 
I, I, it felt like they wrote the movie with the intention of being like, all right, you know these people. We're just going to put them in a weird situation and they're going to have to figure it out. Like that's, you know, Isn't that the inherent flaw of all video game movies? Oh, where yeah. they write it assuming you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why a lot of video game movies are bad. <laughs> part of the reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think if you just introduce this as a mark, if you were like, hey, I got this cool, like American made martial arts movie. I think if someone was into action movies, they could buy into it without knowing the video game stuff. Just like you could, I, I don't know, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? A fantastical martial arts movie. Obviously a much different tone, but you bought into it. You're like, I don't need to know a, a backstory on why all these magical things are happening. Like, I could buy into this world. Yeah. But, uh, but that's yeah. also a lot much more visually interesting. But the hard part for Richard Harrington, yes, yes, it is. But the hard part for Richard Harrington's quote here is that in 1995, everybody knew what Mortal Kombat was. There wasn't a person alive that didn't know about this video game. It was one of the top grossing arcade games of all time. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, yeah, its core audience is the world. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> All right, there's a couple of ones here, a couple of rotten ones. One from Laura Evanson from San Francisco Chronicles. She says, the movie has everything a teenage boy could want, everything that is, but an interesting plot, decent dialogue, and compelling acting. Sean P. Means from Film.com also says, the movie that most nearly approximates a video game. Lots of action, no plot, eye-catching computer effects, and a dollop of violence. It was rated PG-13, so there wasn't as much violence. This new one is rated R. Um, okay, plot. Let's just, right now, let's decide once and for all, does this movie have an interesting plot? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it, it circles around the potential of an interesting plot, but I don't think it, we get enough information about it for it to be effective, right? Like I need more about like, like, oh, there are these people that are want to destroy Earth and they're going to do it by winning this tournament for the 10th time. We should stop them. I will agree that there's not much backstory. But I think, I think they do a decent job of laying out the plot and sticking to it. Oh, they stick to it. Like, yeah, hey, by sure. the way, uh, Earth's going to end unless you win this tournament. All right, <laughs> let's go win this tournament. <laughs> Um, I, I, there was enough. Maybe plot that's for what me. it is. Maybe it's just a simple plot. <laughs> it is a simple. Yeah, it is simple. simple. I, there was enough plot for me to get from beginning to end. I, there are other video game movies, Mario, uh, that has much less plot. <laughs> um, Street Fighter, even the Street Fighter movie had much less plot. Yeah, I don't uh, remember the Street Fighter movie. What's that? I don't remember the Street Fighter movie. Oh my god, with Jean Claude Van Damme. I can't remember who was in it. I just don't really remember anything. About oh, it's it. a mess. Oh, it's such a mess. <laughs> all right. Um, let's take some fresh reviews. Uh, all right. Wait, Mark. There's one thing. Wait, oh, sorry. There's one thing that uh, that woman was missing talking about it being for teenage boys. Nudity. Duh. Yeah. Teenage boys do love. <laughs> let's be honest. It's not just teenage boys. It's all boys. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, they did restrain themselves. Like they could have put. If you look at some, what happened comes later, like one of the worst is there was a DOA dead or alive movie that came out, and I mean that video game goes out of its way to objectify the women. And the movie doubles down and goes out of its way to objectify the women. And, like, they're fighting in the stringiest of string bikinis. Mm. And this movie doesn't. It could have done that with Katana and Sonya Blade. And, it, I mean, the woman who plays Katana it was a known, like, model. Like, one of the top models in the world at the time. Uh, Talisa Soto. And, uh, no, they didn't, re- they didn't lean in on that at all. No. There's plenty the way, of flirting. Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson directed <laughs> yes he did his career he also did death race which we reviewed uh, a few seasons ago i oh, know you know what? i'm sorry i don't want to i don't want to give false information he did not direct it he produced it ah, there we go there we go yeah um, but i do i do agree with you and we, we didn't talk about the woman that plays katana and she was a badass i'll, I'll give her that like she had a very small role obviously but she was a convincing tough i guess technically a princess right yes princess katana yes it may it may be coming up in the sequel i'm about to pitch there's a little (laughs) tease there's a little tease for you all right uh we need we need to do a fresh review um mark savlov says it's uh from austin chronicle he says it's silly of course but more importantly it's a hell of a lot of fun with plenty of above average gags I don't know what he means by gags. Above average fights? Stunt choreography? Um, does it being a hell of a lot of fun balance out the no plot issue for you? <laughs> it does help balance, yes. Yes, okay. You'll have to hear our full answer when we decide if this is a good movie or a bad movie. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that pretty much covers it from the... the uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviewers. I think you can imagine that everything else is pretty much along those same lines. All right, Darren, it is time for us, like I said, to pitch a sequel. What are we doing? There was a sequel, Annihilation. There's a reboot. There's been sequel video games, which I don't know if the plot changes in video games. I'm pretty sure the plot just stays the same, and they just keep adding new fighters. Uh, What do you got? What are you doing for your plot? What's your sequel? I want to hear yours first because you teased it. Let's hear oh, it. Oh, you want to hear my? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Step up to the plate it. first. I'll lead off. Uh, so, yeah. So, Katana, we do we do get a little bit from Katana, but there's still a lot of mystery to her character, right? Princess Katana, what's she even doing there? Um, you know, why is she observing? Well, she's observing. She's there. She's helping our humans because her goal was to get Shang Tsung out of power. Because the emperor is old and she wants to rise up and take over our world and become the evil leader. So the enemy, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. She's been playing them the whole time. They find out at the beginning of the next movie that she was just getting him out of power and she is taking over the tournament and she is trying to take earth now. And she is the big bad they have to fight. I mean, we saw a little bit of her skills. I didn't even count it as a fight because the thing between her and Liu Kang, I mean, that's why she's so hands-on, right? Like, why else is she so hands-on with Liu Kang? It's true. true. Yeah. Where do your motivations lie, (laughs) ma'am? 
I don't know. I, like I thought I thought it'd be yeah, a fun think, twist on the character. Yeah, from the yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we we are definitely make full assumption that she is a good guy. Absolutely. All right, Darren. That's my sequel. What are you pitching for your sequel? I'm gonna pitch, I guess, sort of a, a side quill or a or maybe just a re reboot. I don't exactly know. What what do you call it if if the movie is gonna the whole thing's going to be the same. It's just going to set it up differently. Is that, a, a, reboot. Is that a, re- yeah, it's reboot? a reboot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess a reboot. So I think you can keep some of uh, the beginning, but you know what I wanted to see? And I thought it would be a really cool way to set up some cool scenes, almost like a, a like Snowpiercer where like, you know, Snowpiercer, you go from train car to train car in theory, every little train car could be its own little mini movie, right? It's, yeah. it's essentially, right? If, it, if you wanted it to be, right? It's different scenes, different feel, whatever. So what about if they much sooner, earlier in the movie, get to this dark tower and they have to ascend this dark tower and on their way up, they meet all of our known characters, like the characters we expect to know, the Scorpion, Sub-Zero, all that stuff. And then you can kind of sort of create the world around them to match what you would think their world, like what would Sub-Zero's world look like? What would Scorpion's world look like? What would Goro's world look like? I mean, I guess Goro's world would probably look like the way it looked (laughs) (laughs) with a bunch of like sultans or I don't know. What do you even call those guys? I don't know. Just a closet full of forearm shirts. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, you, you, it's like, like a video game, you're sort of building up and as you get higher and higher, it's harder and harder and you get to the top, which is the boss. So how have you injected more plot into this? Oh, I didn't say plot. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants plot in their Mortal Kombat movie? Right. No. I'm trying I think to think we can just combine our pitches. We'll yeah, take my plot and your story structure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I we like got it. a go picture there. Yes. <laughs> Is anyone uh, thinking about redoing Mortal Kombat right now? Because we should do it. I think we might be a little late to the game. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, Darren. It is time for Quick Picks. It's time for our nitpicks of the movie. It's time to pick out those last little details we liked. This is a very long episode, but what do you got for me in quick picks? I have so many. I'll try to I'll try to go through them quickly. Speed round. <laughs> go. Do you think we should do more scroll writing? Yeah. I feel like I feel like we we kind of let the whole scroll thing go too soon. I feel like we should start bringing that back. Nothing has the impact that un unscrolling a scroll. Right? You you know yeah. whatever is in there has got to be important. Yeah. Maybe you should do that instead of holiday cards. You could send people holiday scrolls. Oh, my God. That is such a good idea. <laughs> you just have to learn calligraphy. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just my... put, a, put a bunch of symbols <laughs> that don't make any sense. <laughs> just people trying to figure it out. They're like, doodle. What is this? All right, my first one, uh, classic quick pick right here. Why is there so much welding on that dock? <laughs> I noticed that too. there's so much welding it's not even on the wide shots even on the close-ups they're welding 
I think there's something that seedy feeling about sparks flying all the time. Makes it sound like it's like a, it's like a, yeah, it was like a boat chop shop. I don't know. Some bad stuff was going on there. But I will say, you know, who in a more recent, uh, not cinema, but TV show, more recent that they use that a hell of a lot is, uh, uh, oh, shoot, that Peaky Blinders. Ah, have you watched Peaky Blinders at all? Not seen it yet. Oh man, they're walking up and down, like I don't know what do you call those? What do you call those places where they do Shop a lot of welding? Shop. Yeah, welding yeah. shop. I don't know. I don't know. They're walking up and down, and there's sparks flying all the time, all the time. It's a good look. Yeah. Uh, my next one is now maybe uh, it's it's consistent with the game and I don't remember or never paid close enough attention. Did Scorpion's grabby thing, was it, did we know it to be like a tiny bird? Was that what it was? No, I believe in the game and I believe in the new movie. It is an actual martial arts weapon. That's basically a dagger at the end of a rope. Okay. That's what I thought it was always supposed to be. Keep talking. I I'll look it up. And I didn't get why they why they did a bird, you know, like a bird. It's, if you're scorpion, it should have been like a scorpion claw, right? Or like a scorpion tail. I don't, I don't, it just, again, if it's consistent with the game, then maybe that's why they did it. But it seemed, I didn't seem to line up with scorpion. Oh, I have this tiny bird that's going to come grab you. I'm just like, I don't understand. I believe it's called a kunai. It's a Japanese tool thought to be originally derived from the masonry trowel. The two widely recognized variations of the kunai are the short kunai and the big kunai, although a basic tool. In the hands of a martial arts expert, the kunai can be used as a multifunction weapon. So it doesn't say it's supposed to be a bird specifically? No. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. All right, uh, more nitpicks for me. So the guys follow, the guys and girl, the gang, follows Katana through those tunnels, right? Mm-hmm. She like appears after the meeting of the bad guys. She appears yeah. and she's trying to lead them somewhere. And they're walking through a tunnel and Johnny Cage is pulling back cobwebs, pulling cobwebs apart. Cobwebs that have been there for centuries, it looks like. <laughs> and he's going, Katana went this way. I think she went this way. <laughs> Did the cobwebs magically regrow after Katana passed through the hallway? Yeah, I mean, he's not a very good guide or a good, you know, someone who knows what they're talking about would be like, no, she did not go this way. The cobwebs are still together. Yeah. My next one is I really liked the little baby dragon boats. <laughs> the boat obviously can't go all the way to shore because it's going to yep. get too shallow. So you got to take a smaller boat to get to shore. And they're little tiny baby dragons. They're adorable. All right. I got more sexism in this movie. Besides, okay. besides Sonya Blade only getting one real fight, I'm still sticking with this whole goon scene here. Um, the guys, when the goons like jump them after the meeting of the bad guys and like all the goons show up to fight them. Yeah. Cage and Liu Kang each get three goons each. Sonya Blade gets one. Uh, what you don't think Sonya Blade can take down three goons? What? Huh? <laughs> what? You don't think a woman can fight three goons at the same time? Sonya Blade's in Mortal Kombat. She can fight three goons. Yeah. She could have taken on ten goons. Yeah. 
It's true. She would have scissor kicked all of them. Mm-hmm. Why go to the trouble of setting the table with the silverware and the plates and the food if you're just going to come in right before the meal starts and flip them all over? <laughs> <laughs> because it's that serious. <laughs> We're going to make you think you're going to eat and then you're not going to eat. <laughs> Mind games. Uh, the Lou versus Katana, Lu Kang versus Katana fight. How did Shang Tsung think that was going to go? Like, he looks disappointed that they didn't try to kill each other. Like, when she first shows up, he's like, oh, I got you. I got you so good. Now you're going to have to kill each other. And they're like, no, we're just going to talk. Yeah. We're going to have a talk fight. <laughs> he's like, oh, I didn't even consider that as one of the options. What the hell? So how about the, the start, the official kickoff of Mortal Kombat? And there's no like gong or like trumpet or gunshot or, or anything. Nothing. He's just like, I now announce the start of Mortal Kombat. You're a, you, Darren is very ceremonial. Yes. Every, every year on his birthday, we have to hit a gong to commemorate the beginning of his birthday party. It's true. No, you hit the, <laughs> you hit the gong the exact second. I was born. That's when you hit the gong. <laughs> I hope for your wife's sake, it's not four in the morning. Oh, it is. It's four in the morning. <laughs> moving on. I'm moving pretty deep into the movie here. I used a lot of mine in our earlier discussions. Uh, Reptile, my last one. Oh, my. Sorry. I got two left. Uh, Reptile, when he defeats Reptile and he kicks him back into like the gargoyle statue, yeah. why does Reptile turn into bugs? What do bugs have to do with Reptile? I know. It would have made sense if they were reptiles. Yes, if little <laughs> geckos came crawling out. Or, yeah, or something, you know? But, yeah, it's like cockroaches and Worms. millipedes. Yeah. Millipedes. <laughs> uh, I, I have two more also. I kind of really loved that Johnny Cage was dressed office casual the entire movie. Did you yes. like that? <laughs> when Johnny Cage has an outfit in the in the video game, he has like the black trunks with the red sash. I know, I know. Instead, instead he's in chinos and a button-down shirt with the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> that's how he fights in his movies, I guess. Maybe that's what he's comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. In the final fight, the final fight, my one problem with the final fight is they were in that round room at the top of the castle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. As soon as they get into the fight, every other character in that room disappeared. Like that camera's spinning around while they're doing the elbows and stuff like that. And yeah. every other, until they want to cut to one of those characters, which they cut to a tight shot, and Johnny Cage says something dumb. And then they cut back, <laughs> and there's nobody else in that room. <laughs> it happened multiple, multiple times. Yeah. 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 My last one is I like that uh, if you get taken prisoner, in the Black Tower, it includes a perm. That's really nice of them to just be like, you know what? <laughs> yes. We're going to take you through the salon, and then we're going to lock you up. You you can't just capture a woman and hold her hostage, Darren. <laughs> you have to p- make her put on an outfit <laughs> and do an her hair. And do her hair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think, think how many times that happens. It's really weird. 
it is. Well, they make they make fun of it in Austin Powers, right? They make him like put oh, on yeah. special outfits. <laughs> yeah, spe- special cap captive outfits. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, all right, there we go. That is a good one. That is a good one. All right, that does it for quick picks. Uh, Darren, are you ready for your uh, lesson? Yeah, I am. <laughs> this this was hard. It was really hard to come up with a lesson. I can't um, imagine why. <laughs> do you think, like Goro, someone could be born with four arms? I do think that can happen for sure. Yeah. It happens in nature. It's called polymelia. Polymelia. Uh, it'll happen sometimes. It happens a lot with cows, I think. Some cows are born defective with extra limbs. Um, but it has happened in humans. And uh, there's a very famous story, a very famous case of a girl in India, Lakshmi Tatma, who's born with four arms and four legs. And she was like that until she was two years old. She actually became famous in India. And um, her parents went into hiding because, like, they didn't have any money to, to for surgery or anything. It's actually a, it's a sad story. It's a, it's, like it's a usually, tough like story. They usually are, yeah. Yeah. And the um, doctors there in India got together and 30 surgeons got together and performed surgery on her. A surgery that lasted uh, almost, the surgery lasted 27 hours. And they worked in shifts. They like worked in teams of eight and shifted out during the surgery. But they had, so basically what happens if, if when this happens in nature, it's usually because uh, they were going to be a conjoined twin and the other twin didn't form. So mm-hmm. technically, she was not born with four arms and four legs. She was born. And we are way off Mortal Kombat topic right now. But she was born with a conjoined twin, so the other arms and the other legs are from the twin. So lots of, I mean, it's read the Wikipedia entry. It's and There was a news story, I think, that was done a few years ago. You could probably find the video. Yeah. From a medical standpoint, it's incredible what they did. But they they she's, I, she's still alive. She, she was born October of t- 2005. She's 15 years old now. And... Um, I I think from all from what I can read, living a fairly okay life, a healthy life as a as a teenager, um, had to have follow up surgeries, obviously, and different things as she grew. But um, yeah, so it can happen. You can have four arms, but if that happens to you in like 1850, you just join the circus. There's really no hope for you. Literally, just... no. Literally, the circus came to her parents and tried to buy her for the circus. Oh, like, really? Literally, literally yeah. <laughs> I, that's why they had to go into hiding because people were like coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad the people were coming towards them. Um, that's why Goro is so mad all the time. Yeah, there is a guy who's trying to do it with technology. So Ooh. VR, you wear a backpack that's got the two robotic arms and a little camera that comes up over your shoulder. And then you, you wearing an Oculus Rift could control the other two arms. <laughs> so we that's could, cool. yeah, yeah. So like if you were doing a welding thing, you could work as a team or something Ooh. like that. Welding always comes up in these situations. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So that's your lesson. Are you ready for some trivia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, just like before, there's so much trivia. It's so long. I will tell you that John claude Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage to do street, the Street Fighter movie. Oh. But um, John claude Van Damme 
I think it was part of the original video game uh, lore. Like, Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to... Something about he was supposed to be in the original video game and turned it down. So they created the character of Johnny Cage to be... to make fun of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's why the initials are the same, J.C., Interesting. It's it's actually he is making fun of the big Hollywood Jean Claude Van Damme, yeah, yeah. you know, more you know, martial arts action star. That's some high quality trivia right there, Davey. Yeah, the guy who played Scorpion, Chris Casamasa, was hired to work as a stunt ninja. At the audition, the producers were so impressed he got the part of Scorpion. Ooh. Yeah. Bridget Wilson Sampras performed all her own stunts. She refused to use a stunt double, including the fight scenes. She dislocated her shoulder during one scene, but they were able to fix it on set without any reoccurrence. Wow. Yeah. Tough lady. Johnny Cage, uh, the actor who played Johnny Cage, did ask for a stunt. Lyndon Ashby did ask for a stunt double, but I believe that uh, Robin Show talked him into like doing his own stunts. He was like, it's going to be <laughs> so much better if you do as much as you can. And he was... He had the other serious injury. He got hit. He was wearing padding, and he got hit in between the rib padding, and, like, Scorpion actually bruised his ribs. That was probably the worst injury on set. All right, I'm just going to scroll. You tell me when to stop. I'll shout out another one. Stop. Reptile was originally not included in the movie, but was added in response to focus groups being unimpressed with the amount of fighting in the film. Robin Show and Paul W.S. Anderson noted that neither knew what Reptile's lizard form would look like until after filming, making the pre-fight sequence difficult to shoot. So I think all that animated stuff, they, he literally had no clue what was around him. Interesting. All right, one more. Go ahead. Shout it out when it stop. Stop. The one major change in the movie is Scorpion and Sub-Zero being Shang Tsung's slaves under his power with the rivalry being only mentioned quickly by Song, Shang Tsung while introducing them to the Earth Realm warriors. So in the video game, they are not his slaves. They are right. not his minions. Right. But They're independent of him. Yeah. Yes, they did have to, I guess they did in the movie, they did have to set like who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Like kind of, They kind of forced them into teams where in the, in the video game, it's every man and woman for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, hmm. I can tell you that Just, Sonya Blade was not original character in the video game, in the, like, the beta versions, in the test versions. They added her. They, they were like, we want to expand the roster, and she was added. Interesting. To get a female character in there. Yeah. All right. All right, Darren. I could do trivia all day on this movie, but it is time to wrap it up, and it is time to decide once and for all, Mortal Kombat 1995. Is it a good movie? Is it a bad movie? What do you say? I said Mortal Kombat 1995 is... A bad movie. <laughs> Davey's flabbergasted right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it the everything except the hand to hand combat just didn't, and Johnny Johnny Cage didn't really, and the music didn't really work for me. So like. The goofy, the goofiness, I really did not like. 
most of the acting was really bad. Um, the the storyline, unless I, I do agree that like the storyline was like a little, it didn't have much to it. It was very thin. It was just like Earth is going to die unless you win this tournament. Go win the tournament. And it's like eh, okay, that's right. It feels like, it feels like the end of a third movie of a trilogy, right? Like yeah, that's, you've yeah. built up to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like it's it's totally fun, and I'm sure was way even more fun when I was you know however what we were ten or whatever ten or eleven. Um. Seeing like a video game come to life, like that's you know really cool. But like rewatching it now like i you know i dig the nostalgia that's kind of fun but like overall you know i i i think the only for your average watcher the only buy-in was like this is some really good hand-to-hand combat and it's you know clearly the people doing it are talented and that's fun to watch but otherwise i don't know it, it, it otherwise it kind of almost felt like a like a b-grade movie in some capacity that that so I have to go ahead and put it on my bad movie list. I hope that the new one can go on my good movie list. We'll see. See, I was kind of leaning that way. And the more we talked about it over the last hour, the more I was leaning towards good movie. And I think I kind of <laughs> talked myself into like, I mean, if you, the original premise was always like, would you recommend, could you tell a friend to watch this, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I would. I think I would tell someone to go back and watch this. Yes, the plot is thin, and yes, some of the acting is poor. And uh, there, I had fun with it. I still had fun with it uh, all these years later. And maybe it's nostalgia glasses, you know. But yeah, it was still fun, and the fights still held up. Like the fight choreography definitely still held up for me. So I am. I'm going to slide it in. Too good movie. Now All I'm right. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'll say. I hope this new Mortal Kombat movie, when it comes out, because nobody thinks Mortal Kombat Annihilation was a good movie. That thing is universally panned. Although I still kind of had fun with it as a kid. The sequel <laughs> it was it was bad, but I still had fun with it. Yeah. Um. I think hopefully when this new one comes out, we could be like, no, 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 you don't have to go back to the '90s and watch those. Just watch this one. <laughs> like hopefully it's that good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. just like you wouldn't tell anyone to like go back and watch the old '90s Captain America movie, like no, 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 we've got a good Captain America movie. You <laughs> don't have to do that. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, if if you want to like, I mean, it made me play the video game for crying out loud. I'm here trying to do fatalities and stuff. <laughs> like it definitely caught me with the nostalgia, and yeah, uh, yeah. it was fun. It was a fun. It was a fun morning to get up and watch this movie, and then talk about it for an hour with you. So. I'm putting it in my good movie list. Nice. <laughs> there you have it. All right, Darren. There you go. That is our thoughts on Mortal Kombat. That is actually going to be the end of season three of the No Mev Movies podcast. Um, yeah, it's a it's a busy time for us, and uh, we're gonna take a little break from walk, watching movies and talking about movies. Um, me and Darren are gonna work on some different things. We've got other podcast ideas we might want to try. So. We are going to take a little break from no mem movies. And uh, to be honest, it hasn't really caught fire the way me and Darren hoped it would catch fire. <laughs> Apparently, I, we're the only ones that think watching meh movies <laughs> and analyzing them in depth is really fun. But I was expecting to have a huge house by now. Huge. 
<laughs> but we hope that you have enjoyed our conversation, that you've enjoyed following along these movies with us. I hope you've gotten to watch a lot of these movies and relive some of these movies, get nostalgic with us. We're, we're definitely going to keep podcasting, so keep the podcast feed active. Uh, if we do something new, it'll probably come down this pipeline. So the Twitter feed, if you see the name change, if you see the podcast name change in your, in your iTunes feed or whatever... Uh, there'll be more podcasting for me and Darren. We have way too much fun having these conversations. We may pivot to something else in movies. We'll we'll see. We might we might change it up a little bit. You know, mix it up a little bit, pivot, and come back and keep doing stuff. So, Darren, any last thoughts on our last episode of the Nomad Movies Podcast, season three? Uh, no, not really. I have enjoyed watching some of these ridiculous movies and been pleasantly surprised by some of them. I'm like, man, this is a good movie. <laughs> Absolutely. It has been surprised. There have been surprises all around. Yeah, Something yeah, we yeah. thought was going to be good and we're like, oh, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcasting app you are listening on. You can still follow us on Twitter at No Mem Movies. You can still follow me on Twitter at Davey Ferris. Thanks for supporting the show, everyone. And the next time your friends ask about a movie, take a stance and tell them if the movie is good or bad. Because on this show, there are no meh movies.